0: Oh yeah It's a daddy's paradise, y'all Listen
1: Saturday morning, I'm up with the sun Grab the list on the fridge, honey, do's to get done All my homies on the block, call me genie of the lawn Grass cut tight, weeds all gone Grilling
0: for the fam, you better not doubt it You can bet every minute I'll be tweeting about it hashtag grilling on hashtag perfect sauce then i post a selfie green egg is the boss running jumping playing games in the yard we laugh real loud and we play real hard prayers at bedtime a kiss good night oh it's, it's a daddy's paradise yeah welcome to the life Living When the workday is done I hop in my ride And head home for some fun I walk up to the entrance of my suburban dream I open the door And all the kids scream Daddy, pick me up Daddy, can we play? Daddy, can we wrestle? I've been waiting all day I say, hey, slow down Just give Daddy a minute Let me get my shoes off Then we'll get in it they're jumping, it's hugging, trying to pull me to the ground. I trip on a toy and, and boom, boom, I'm down. I just lay on the floor, ain't no need to fight it. Ah, uh, nothing like it. Yeah, welcome to the life, living in a daddy's paradise. That's Something to cherish, something to saver, of all the things in life. Listen, this is what matters. Yeah, welcome to the life, living in a daddy's paradise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, welcome to the life, living in a daddy's paradise. Is your room clean? Yeah, welcome to the life. Let's get home, y'all. Let's get y'all. out of here, y'all.
2: Wow. Uh, that is great, but how do I follow that? You know, like, awesome job. Clarence, Steve, Jim, Jimmy, that was hilarious. Great job, great job. I love being a dad. I got to tell you, it's just awesome. And uh, man, thanks, you guys. I love our church. I love the amazing dads that are here and just the fun that we have and the joy that we have. And it's an exciting day. So happy Father's Day to everybody. This is a great day as we come to celebrate our earthly dads and to worship our Heavenly Father and to give Him all the praise and all the glory. And I am so glad that you're here today. So if you have a Bible with you this morning, I invite you up with me to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs. It's in the Old Testament. So if you kind of open midway through the Bible, you'll probably be in the book of Psalms. Go to the right and you'll be in Proverbs. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 4, Proverbs chapter 4. Also, if you have a mobile device, you can access the scriptures online. I'm still laughing about that. That was great. And uh, we'll also put the words on the screen so you can follow along. We've been in a great series this summer uh, called, you know, The Best is Yet to Come. And We've been talking about things that God has prepared for us. And if you missed last Sunday, I, I encourage you to go back and watch the podcast because we talked about heaven and man, it is just awesome what God's doing in our lives and what we see in scripture about heaven. And then next week, we'll jump into uh, continuing that series in 2 Corinthians, and we'll be in 6 and 7 talking about joy. But today, we want to talk about fathers. And today, it's just a special day. And so we want to talk about the dads and just say thank you to the dads in the room and to worship our Heavenly Father together. So Proverbs chapter 4, all about fathers, and we're going to kind of dive into that today as we see the role of fathers. Pick up in verse 1. It says, listen to my sons to a father's instruction, pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. When I was a boy in my father's house, still tender and an only child of my mother, he taught me and said, Lay hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or swerve for them. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom, though it cost all you have, get understanding. Esteem her, and she will exalt you. Embrace her, and she will honor you. She will set a garland of grace on your head and present you with a crown of splendor. Now, here's what I want you to see today. Solomon, who is writing this, is known as the wisest man that ever lived. (laughs) That's pretty cool, right? I mean, if you have any distinction, you know, like, I'm the wisest man that ever lived, right? That's Solomon. He was also the wealthiest man that ever lived. And here's what Solomon starts to talk about in Proverbs chapter 4. He talks about the role of fathers. And the first thing we see is the role of a father is purposeful. Purposeful. God established a home, God established the, the dad to be the spiritual leader in the home, that's, that's the way God designed it. And here's Solomon talking about what he learned from his dad, look at verse three, he said, when I was a boy in my father's house, still tender, and an only child of my mother, he taught me and said, lay hold of my words with all of your heart, keep my commands and you will live. Notice that, he taught me, he taught me, he poured into me. Now I'm sure all of us can think about the things that our earthly dads have taught us, and the things that they poured into us. But what can happen so often is is we can be, you know, so busy with life that we forget that responsibility. We have to be purposeful. And what I love about Solomon's dad is Solomon's dad was a guy named King David. And King David, if you go back and read the Old Testament, this guy was known as a man after God's heart. He loved God. He worshipped God, and God blessed him. He became the king over all of Israel. I mean, he went from, you know, Israel was a little nation, just blew up. You know, God just furthered the kingdom. God blessed David, and David wasn't perfect. David made a huge, huge mistake in his life, and it can happen to all of us, right? And yet David continued to pursue the Lord. One day David was out, and he should have been with his men fighting it says in the time when kings go off to war and David was walking around the roof of his palace and he saw a beautiful young woman bathing and he said I want her and he went and he took her committed adultery and then he had her husband murdered to cover it up you know that woman that's Bathsheba who is Solomon's mom and David could have easily shirked his responsibility David could have easily said you know what? forget it I'm the king I can do whatever I want But you know what? David didn't. And he repented. He was broken. He came over the Lord and said, I've messed up. I've blown it. And he stepped in and he raised Solomon. He was a husband to Bathsheba. See, so often I think, guys, we feel disqualified because we look at our past and we say, Well, I didn't grow up in church. I don't know a whole lot. Or I made a mistake. Or when I was dating, I did this or that. And Satan comes along and kind of says, Well, yeah, how are you going to be a great dad? You know? How are you going to be an awesome grandfather? How are you going to do anything because you've done this? And it's so easy for us to just go, Yeah, you're right. And instead, we go, No, 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 no. Get behind me, Satan. I am a new creation in Christ. The old is gone and the new has come. I've been redeemed. I've been restored. And I'm stepping up to what God has called me to do. David was known as a man after God's heart at the end of his life. (laughs) Even after he'd gone through all that. And if you're here today and you're a dad and you go, man, it's just so hard for me because I've messed up. I've made mistakes. We've all made mistakes. Listen, you come before the grace of God and you say, I'm going forward in Christ. I'm not living in the past. I'm going forward in Christ. Here's what Dallas Willard said. And I think this is so powerful. He says, the world can no longer be left to mere diplomats, politicians, and business leaders. They have done the best they could, no doubt. But this is an age for spiritual heroes, a time for men and women to be heroic in their faith and in spiritual character and power. Guys, this is a time for spiritual heroes. This is a time for all of us men and women to step up and to be who God has called us to be. The world is looking The world is wanting. The world is desiring. How do I live in this world? And we're called. We're not perfect, any of us, by any stretch of the imagination. But God has called you. And God has placed a child in your home. God has placed a child in your life. God has placed a niece or a nephew. God has given you a responsibility. You step into that, you be purposeful. I loved watching Dave baptize his daughter. I mean, how awesome is that? The first service, we saw a dad baptizing his daughter. His daughter was eight. And you know what she said in her testimony? You know, my dad, he, he said, hey, get your Bible. We're going to go to Cracker Barrel. I want to show you some verses. Eight-year-old. And he sat down and he talked with her about some verses in Scripture. And I just thought, that's being purposeful. It's being purposeful. Solomon says, man, the role of a father is being purposeful. Second thing we see is this. The role of a father is preparation. Preparation. You know, David pouring into his son. David saying this to his son. He says, hey, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forsake wisdom for she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. See, David knew one day that his son would be king. David knew that God had a big plan for his life. And David knew the role of a father was, yes, to provide and protect. But David knew that it was also to prepare his son for what God wanted to do in his life. As a parent, as a father, as a mother, all of us, we have this call for preparation. Because, see, your your kids, they're going to lead families one day. They're going to lead churches one day. They're going to lead communities one day. They're going to lead businesses one day. They're going to be the future leaders of the world one day. And your call and my call is to step in to prepare them for what God has for them. And if you're a grandparent or a parent or, or an aunt or uncle, listen, you and I have a call Yes, we're living our life. Yes, we've got all these things happening and going on. But we're also preparing that next generation. We say a lot around Rolling Hills this. Discipleship is more caught than it is taught. Discipleship is more caught than it is taught. What does that mean? That means we can say a lot of things. But what they are doing is they're watching us. They're watching us. They're watching how we live. How often have we said, you know, well, do as I say, not as I do. That doesn't work because what they're doing is they're watching your life they're watching your life they're watching how you live you and i we instill values so many times by the questions we ask in fact the questions we ask really reflect what we value if, if all you ask your child is hey did you clean your room did you clean your room? 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 Did you clean You know what you're saying? You're preparing your kid to have a really clean room one day. That's great. It's wonderful. It's important. But if you said to your kid, did you do your homework? Did you do your homework? Did you do your homework? And that's all you say. You're preparing them to get their homework done, which is important, which is great. But how often do we say, hey, did you read your Bible today? Hey, did you do your devotional? Hey, did you pray? did you spend time praying today? Did you take an opportunity to help somebody today? The questions we ask reflect what we value, the questions we ask of others, the questions we ask of our coworkers, the questions we ask of our spouse. They reflect what we value. The questions we ask of ourselves. Hey, did I make money today? Did I did I happen make it happen today? Did I I make myself feel good today? Martin Luther King Jr. said, the most important question we can ask is what did I do for others? What did I do for others? What did I do for others? And David, you know, David, here he is, running a kingdom and all these things, and he sits down with his son and says, son, listen, I want you to know this. I want you to get wisdom. Wisdom will protect you. Love her, embrace her. Put her as a garland around your neck. I want you to know this because I'm preparing you for what God has planned for you. And I've got a responsibility and I'm going to carry it out. Be purposeful, right, in the preparation. Here's the third thing, if you keep going and you start to look here, is being a dad, right, the role of a father, it's pressure-filled. It is. It's pressure-filled. He says, wisdom is supreme, therefore, get wisdom. Though it costs all that you have, get wisdom, Now, David has all this pressure, man. He's running a kingdom. He's doing all this kind of stuff. And he could have easily shirked his responsibility on his family, but he didn't. And you know what? Later on in his life, Solomon, who becomes the king of Israel, God comes to Solomon and God says to Solomon, Solomon, you can have anything you want. You get one wish. You can have money. You can have long life. And what if God came to you and said, you get one wish? What would you, you wish for? It's like the genie of the bottle, right? I mean, here's Solomon. He's got this one thing, you know. And, and I mean, Solomon could have said, you know, I want wealth, right? I, I want long life. I want death to my enemies. I want to be the king. I mean, he could have asked for all these things. And what did Solomon ask for? Anybody remember? Wisdom. Where did he learn that from? His dad. Solomon asked for wisdom. Solomon get wisdom. And you know what God said, Hey, because you asked for wisdom, because you wanted to be a great king, because you wanted to lead my people well, I'm going to throw in wealth. In fact, you're going to be the wealthiest man that ever lived. I'm going to throw in, you know what, long life. I'm going to throw in these things. But being a dad, it's not easy. It's not. You know, David, it was tough being a dad. It was hard. It was challenging. It was pressure filled. But we got to learn how to manage the pressure. You know what wisdom does? Wisdom teaches us how to manage your pressure. Wisdom teaches us how to manage the pressure of life. That's what wisdom does. It gives us this. Here's what I want you to do. Everybody, I want you to do this. I want you to take your thumb, get your thumb, and mash it to one of your fingers, okay? Mash it to all your fingers, right? This isn't all skate, so that means everybody, okay? We can all do this, you know? Do you know what? That seems simple, doesn't it? But you know what that does? That separates us from the rest of the animal kingdom. It it does. It's called the law of the opposable thumb, And and, you know, the rest of the animal kingdom, they can't do that. And so what? The rest of the animal kingdom, they still are in their little deals doing their thing, right? In the jungle or in the desert in the woods. And man, because of this, the law of the opposable thumb has gone on to build cities, to build roads, to send people to the moon because of this. You're back in the Old Testament when a king would defeat another army. A lot of times what they would do is they would cut off their thumbs and their big toes, What would they do? They would render them useless, right? You can't handle a sword. You can't fire a bow and arrow. You you see, life is pressure-filled. It it is. There's always going to be pressure. There's always going to be tension. But for you and I to learn how to manage that pressure, to learn how to manage that tension. And if you are a father or you're a grandfather, you, you have to learn how to manage this. But the amazing part is because of this, you know what? We have the right amount of pressure. We can pick up an egg or we could squeeze a football, right? Because we know the right amount of pressure. Because of this, we could pick up a piece of paper or we could pull ourselves up by a rope. The right amount of pressure. Now, for all of us, it's the prayer of knowing the wisdom, the right amount of pressure. Because there's a tension in our lives and we have to learn how to manage that. What about this tension? Anybody else deal with this tension? Time at work versus time at home. Anybody else have that tension? Anybody? Here you go. Right, time at work versus time at home. That's always gonna be a tension that we have to manage. It's always gonna be pressure there. Time at work versus time at home. And the fact of the matter is if you spend too much time at work, you lose your family. You spend too much time at home, you lose your job, right? And then your family says, go get a job. <laughs> what are you doing? So there is always gonna be this pressure. And some of that is healthy, Right? Some of that helps us drive. It gives us drive to do really well at work or really well at home. But there's going to be seasons when it's really busy at work or there's going to be seasons when it's really busy at home. But how do you know how to manage that? How do you know how to exert the right amount of pressure on that? Wisdom. Wisdom. Anybody else have this tension? The tension of the battles? The battles to fight versus empowering? Anybody else have that tension? And you look at your kids, you're like, shall I let them wear that? I don't know, shall I let them wear that? Is this a battle that I wanna fight? How much screen time should I give them? How much time are they gonna get on the iPad, right? How much time are they gonna have in front of the TV? Is this a battle to fight or when do I empower them and help them become? Because your job as a parent or a grandparent, your job job is to help them move from dependence to independence. And sometimes there's battles you have gotta fight. And you've got to step into that. You can't shirk that responsibility. And sometimes there's pressure where you go, you know what, I've got to let them fail. I've got to put them out there. I've got to empower them. How do I know how to do that? Wisdom, right? How about this tension that we have to manage? Fixing versus listening. Anybody else have that one? You know, your wife comes to you, she has this problem, and you're like, well, here's, okay, I get it, I get it, it. let's do this. We'll fix it, we'll fix it, we'll get it done, we'll make it happen, let's go, let's go. And she's like, no, I don't want you to fix it, I want you to listen. Oh, sorry, (laughs) I didn't know that, right? I was ready to fix it, because I'm a guy, I'm a fixer, I'm going to go get it done. And she's like, I just want some emotional support, I want you to listen. Fixing versus listening, when your kids come. Sometimes it's not like I just need to solve this problem for you. It's I need to listen to you. How about this tension? Strength versus tenderness. Strength versus tenderness. I heard a pastor one time. He was a pastor of a really large church. And he said, you know, there's so many days that I pull into the driveway and I have to stop. And I have to pray right there because I've just come from this pressure packed day and I'm making decisions, things are happening. God's growing the church and there's people that are in crisis. I've got counseling. I've got all these things happening and I pull in the driveway and I'm like, (gasps) deep breath. Okay, God, help me. Help me to go in and be tender. Help me to go in and be kind. Help me to go in and be loving. Help me to go in and be gracious. How do I manage that? How do I know what pressure? It's wisdom. You see, every morning I wake up and I'm like, God, give me wisdom. God, please, I need wisdom. I need it. And David was so remarkable because he poured into his son Solomon. Solomon, have wisdom. You're going to lead. You're going to serve. There's always going to be pressure points. There's always going to be tension. But you need to have the wisdom to do that. How do we do that? We wake up every morning. We say, God, I need you. Before I tackle this day, before I run ahead, before I try to make all these things happen, God, I need you. God, give me wisdom. God, pour it into me. It says in Ephesians, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. And for you and us to try to be fathers, you and us try to be husbands, we, we need to look to our Heavenly Father to know how to do that. Don't run ahead with your day until you stop and spend time with the Lord I was reading in Isaiah the other day, and I I love this because it was so powerful to me. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 10. It says, see, the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arm rules for him. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. Just the power of God, right? The sovereignty of God. And then verse 11. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. I just thought, wow, how powerful that our God is like that. He is strong. He's a provider, He's a protector. And then there's times he just pulls us close to his heart. And he just says, you are mine. It's okay. I love you. I care about you. You are mine. And for all of us to understand that pressure and that tension, and to be able to manage that well, and it takes Wisdom. And David pouring into his son Solomon. Now, look what happens. Solomon turns around in Proverbs chapter 4, pick up in verse 10. Solomon turns around and he says, listen, my son. <laughs> Notice this pattern? Pattern through the generations. Listen, my son, accept what I say. and the years of your life will be many. I guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way, for they cannot sleep till they do evil. They are robbed of slumber till they make someone fall. They eat of the bread of wickedness and drink of the wine of violence. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Here's Solomon. After he's learned all these things from his dad, he begins to pour in to those who come behind him. The fourth role of a father, get this, it's it's powerful. Powerful. The role of a father is powerful. You are impacting others. You are impacting lives. That's why Solomon writes, these words are for your life. Guard your life. These words will give you wisdom. But the way of the wicked is like a deep darkness. But the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of the dawn. Hey, there is life here. There's life. All of us this week uh, probably were just brokenhearted over what happened in Charleston. I got to tell you, I, I, I watched that and my heart just broke. I was angry. I was frustrated, I was mad, I was praying like everything. God, just calm my heart. I just can't even fathom this, that we live in this broken world in the hurt and the pain. I watched the bond hearing yesterday for uh, Dylan Roof as he stood there um, and the judge was pronouncing the bond and he had people speak. And many of the relatives, the children, the grandchildren, of those who were killed stood up and spoke and i was moved i gotta tell you uh, it was powerful seeing our christian brothers and sisters you know um, stand up and say you hurt me you took something from me but i forgive you i forgive you in the name of jesus But god show mercy to your soul May you come to know Christ. And I just saw this and I was like weeping. I'm sitting there watching this. I'm like, wow. And I'm so thankful for this pastor of this church and for his wife and his two kids. I'm thankful for his life and the impact that he's had, this legacy. I'm thankful for all of our brothers and sisters there. And I watched it with this deep emotion. And I got to tell you guys, church, I just tell you, I hate racism. I hate it with every ounce of my being. I hate it. I didn't grow up with it, praise God. I grew up in San Antonio, Texas. It was so diverse. And, and I had friends and they were my, my, you know, just friends. I mean, they were just friends. And, they, and I had black friends. I had Hispanic friends. I mean, my, you know, Greg Johnson and Brian Wiggins and David Levy. We just all grew up together. We were over at each other's house all the time. And we, we played sports together. You know, my Hispanic friends, I mean, Toby Gonzalez and Ray Casas and Jackie Wilkes and Sandy Pacino. We, they were just friends. I didn't even know anything different. And I just hate this. We live in this world like this, but God is coming back one day. And the church should be a microcosm of the way we love each other, the way we should love each other, regardless of background. And I love what God's doing at Rolling Hills is he's bringing people for every nationality. And I think it's just a little foretaste of what heaven's gonna be like one day. We need each other. And I was reading this and I was praying. I went and I read a, a friend of mine's blog, a guy named Vode Bauckham. He's a black pastor in Houston, Texas. And just an incredible guy. Vodi played football at Rice University. He's 280 pounds, this large pastor. He's just so passionate about the Lord. And we, we had the opportunity to do camps and retreats together. And, and I read what he wrote and I went back and I saw what he wrote about Ferguson. And Vody wrote this. He said, the underlying problem that gives rise To all the rest of these epidemics Is immorality And fatherlessness We know that fatherlessness Is the number one indicator of future violence Dropout rates Out of wedlock births And future incarceration Fatherlessness is the bane of our society It is not a plague forced upon us It is as common as the morning dew And as overlooked as the dust under a refrigerator Where are the marches against this travesty? I just read that, and went, yes. You know, we've got a calling, and there is no greater calling, and there is no greater responsibility than being a dad. Every one of us here, and that we are called to step into that. I had an incredible small group. Lisa and I, we lead a small group every year, and, and we had a small group that met for this past year, and it, it's been amazing. But I gotta tell you, when we got down to it, we were talking and just studying the word of God together and growing together. And I encourage everybody, be in a small group. We start a new small groups in August, please be in one. But in our group, we started talking about a father's wound and how many of the people in our group grew up and they didn't have a great dad. Their dad walked out of their family or they didn't have a dad who was active or involved. And yet I listened to these men, I listened to these women who were still dealing with this wound from a father. But you know what, as we walked together and as I saw God moving in their lives and I saw Christ redeeming and restoring, I gotta tell you how proud I am of so many of those dads. Because even though they didn't have a great dad growing up, they could have easily gone this direction, they could have easily followed that path, they could have easily kept going down that and just saying it's all about me and how I feel and what I want. But I've watched these dads turn around and say, I'm gonna be the dad that i never had. I'm gonna be the dad to my kids that I always wanted. And I've watched a lot of these men and these women step into that role and be what God has called them to be. And I'm seeing God change their entire family tree. That's what God's calling you and me. We can change our family tree. We can change the generations for the glory of God. I tell my girls all the time, it's not what happens to you. What happens to you, there's going to be things that are going to happen to you. We live in a fallen world. We breathe. We are in a broken world. But listen, it's how you respond, how you go forward. And the fact is, you have a calling and a responsibility. There's an old story about a, a rebellious teenage boy who lived in a village and and there was a wise man, an elder, who lived at the end of the village and everybody knew this wise man and everybody respected him and this rebellious kid, he kind of wanted to show the elder up one day and and so he caught this little bird and he put the bird in his hand and he walked down there with all of his buddies and with everybody around and he stood in front of the wise elder and he said, let's see how wise you are. I have a little bird in my hand. Is this bird alive or is it dead? And the wise man stood there for a moment, and he knew if he said it's dead, that the boy was gonna turn around and throw it and let it fly away. And he knew if he said it's alive, that this rebellious boy was gonna crush it in his hand and turn around and show him a dead bird. And the wise man stood there for a moment, and he said this, the power of life is in your hands. The power of life is in your hands. The power of life is in your hands. Dads, moms, grandparents, aunts, uncles. The power of life. The fifth role of a father that I believe God wants us to see today is it's perpetual. <laughs> it keeps going for generations Solomon concludes this chapter, he says, "'My son, pay attention to what I say. "'Listen closely to my words.'" Here we are 2,000 years later studying this, right? "'Do not let them out of your sight. "'Keep them within your heart, "'for they are life to those who find them "'and health to a man's whole body. "'Above all else, guard your heart, "'for it is the wellspring of life. "'Put away perversity from your mouth.'" Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet. And take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Solomon knows this is not only impacting my kids. This is going to impact my grandkids and future, 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 future generations. It's perpetual. The decisions that you and I make, they live on. This call to obedience is bigger than us. And so Solomon comes back here and he says four things, four things that I want you to get. First of all, he says this, guard your heart. Guard your heart. He said it is the wellspring of life. Guard your heart. Boy, it's so easy for our hearts to run after the things of the world, isn't it? It's so easy for our hearts to run after money or to run after success or to run after career. He says, guard your heart. The Bible says for out of an overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's what happens here. That's why when Jesus was asked, what's the most important commandment, right? And he say? love the Lord your God with all your heart. Making sure that God's on the throne. He says, guard your heart. Second thing he says is guard your tongue. Guard your tongue. Your words have weight. Please hear this today. Your words have weight. Probably many of us, we remember things that people said to us when we were kids. And we've carried that on through our life. Dads, your words have weight. Moms, your words have weight. Grandparents, your words have weight. What are you speaking? How are you speaking into the lives of those who come behind you? Third thing he says is this He says, guard your eyes, right? Guard your eyes. Guys, we are visually stimulated. We have to watch what we watch. We have to watch what comes into our eyes. And as much as I hate racism, I hate pornography. I just hate it because I see what it does to men. And the images that get stuck in your mind and it erodes this capacity for intimacy. Please, if you're struggling, let us know. Get help. Don't continue to try to do it yourself and to fight it yourself. Please. Job in Job 31, Job was a righteous man. In Job 31, 1, he says this I've made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at another woman. And then he says, Number four, he says, Guard your direction. Guard your direction. Because here's the fact of the matters. You have feet that are following you. (laughs) What direction are you going? Proverbs 3, five and six, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. You are leading, you are leading. That's why guys, sometimes you don't take the promotion because you know what it's gonna do to your family. Sometimes you have to say, you know what, I I know I can do that, I know I can make more money, I can know, but listen, my family is more important. These kids are more important. I've got a calling and I've got a responsibility that's even greater. Guard your direction, because there's others following you. You are a leader. Every one of you, you are a leader. Hear that today. last week I had the opportunity to go up to our youth camp and uh, It was awesome, I gotta tell you, uh, What God's doing in our preschool children's student ministry is amazing. Uh, Pastor Nick and Chase and uh, just Anna, everybody in the family ministry, it's just amazing. So I was up there, uh, my wife Lisa was doing arts and crafts for all the kids camp and so Grace, our 11 year old, was there and maybe our eight year old. And then Kate, my six year old daughter, she went too. Uh, And so I came up on Thursday and Friday and I was up there and I snuck into the student ministry. And they were having their last night of worship. And it was a great night, right? You had all these kids in there. It was packed out. If you were here earlier, you saw some of the video. The band was rocking. And then they just had this prayer time. And they all came around and they prayed over Chase as their student pastor and prayed over him. And then the, the graduating seniors. We have a great class of graduating seniors. And they stood up and they turned around and they prayed over the new seniors, And they put hands on them and they prayed over them. And then those new seniors prayed over the juniors and juniors prayed over the sophomores and sophomores over the freshmen. And then they prayed, all of them prayed over the the new sixth graders, right? These fifth graders are becoming sixth graders. It was just this... I mean, great night. People are praying, and I'm standing in the back, kind of hiding out, you know, trying not to be a distraction and standing against the wall. And I'm praying, and I'm watching this, and I'm so proud of them, and I'm so proud of our church. And I'm thinking, these are the future leaders, man. They're coming up, and there's a ton of them, and they're so excited about God. And I'm just back there, I'm thanking God, and I'm excited. I'm hiding out kind of in the dark. Well, Chase then turns around, as student pastor, and he says, All right, guys, here's what I want you to do I want you to go find your leaders. I want you to go find your leaders, and I want you to circle around them and pray over them. And, you know, he's talking about their small group leaders. We have a great group of adults. I mean, all these adults that pour into our students and into our kids and teach them on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights and Sunday nights. And so it was amazing. I'm standing back there, and I'm watching these students go in and find these adult leaders, circle up around them, and they just lay hands on them, and they're starting to pray over them. Well, while I'm standing back there and I'm watching this unfold, right? in This room full, all these students and they're praying in these small groups and I'm just praying back there. And all of a sudden, I look up and here's my daughter, Kate, our little six-year-old. And she had just kind of wandered up here, right? And she's standing in front of me and I look down at Kate. Here's a picture of Kate. Uh, and she's just, just a doll. And I love her so much. And here she is six and and so she comes, and in this moment, I'm standing back there, and she comes, and she's standing right in front of me. And I look up, and I see her, and then she just does this, right? You know, it's just the universal sign of pick me up, Daddy, you know, so I reach down, and I pick her up. And I'm holding her right there, and she puts her hands on my shoulders, and she said, Daddy, you're my leader. She said, you lead me and Mobby and my sissies. And I just wanted to come and pray for you. And my little six-year-old started praying, God, I thank you for my daddy. And I lost it. (laughs) I'm a mess, man. I'm just bawling. I'm crying back there. I'm trying to hold her, and I'm shaking. And I just thought, whoa, wow. The power of life is in your hands. The power of life is in your hands. You guys, God has a plan for you. And it's not an accident at all that you're the parent that you are or the grandparent that you are, the aunt or the uncle or wherever you are in life. God has you there for a purpose. And God wants you to know that. And God wants to use you in a mighty way for his glory. And I don't know where you are today. I really don't. And maybe some of you, you're here, and you've kind of checked out from your family, or maybe work's been dominating everything in your life, and maybe today God's just saying, oh, come on, don't miss it. Don't miss it. I'm calling you. I have chosen you. Maybe you feel like, man, I don't have the right things to say. I don't know enough. I haven't been in the Bible enough. I haven't been to church long enough. Listen, listen, listen. Don't disqualify yourself, because God has a plan for you. And you hold on to God and you trust God and you grow in your relationship with him every day. God, I want you to lead me. Maybe today, maybe today, man, you just miss your dad. Maybe he's already gone home and he's with the Lord. You just miss him. But today, just say, thank you, God, for what he taught me. And God, thank you for the gift of Christ and thank you for the gift of heaven. And God, I don't grieve as somebody who has no hope. I know I'll see him again. But for whatever time I have here, find me faithful, God. To take the things that were poured into me and pour into others. Maybe for you, you didn't grow up with a great dad. I'm sorry. I did. And I'm blessed and I'm thankful for my dad. He's right back there. And I'm so thankful for him. But even if you didn't have a great dad, you be the one to change your family tree. You be the one to go forward in Christ. You be the one to impact the generations for the glory of God. But for all of us men and women alike, all of us, listen, you have a heavenly Father. You have a heavenly Father who is perfect. And you have a heavenly Father who loves you more than you even love yourself. And it says in 1 John chapter 3, verse one, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God and that is what we are. And so every day that you say, you know what, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I have a heavenly father who is for me, who believes in me, who wants the best for me. God is here today. And today is Father's Day, a day that we worship him and honor him. And today is a day that we reorder our lives around who he is and what he wants to do in and through us for his glory. I wanna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know where you are, but God is here. And God is drawing you to himself. And God is inviting you into this relationship with him. Maybe right where you sit today, you just say, God, I want you to be the Lord of my life. God, I want you. I know I've messed up. I know I've made mistakes. But God, today, I dedicate my life to you. Forgive me in Christ. Maybe today, you just pray and say, you know what? God, I need to be the husband or the father that you've called me to be. I need to be the wife or the mom or the grandparent that you've called me to be. God, a lot of other things have come to my life, but God, today, I need you. Maybe today, you're just feeling this pressure, this intense pressure, and today, praying for wisdom. God, I need you. Father, here we are men and women after your heart. God, we come in all the hurt and the pain and the brokenness for our past, and yet, God, we come to receive the grace and the redemption that you offer to us. And we come, Father, to reorder our lives around your plan and your purpose, because we know, God, that you have called us for a time such as this. And we can't do it on our own, we admit it. But Father, by your grace and your mercy, We can be who you've called us to be. So I pray for all the dads in the room. I pray for all the grandfathers. I pray, Father, your Holy Spirit. I pray that they would know they are loved. I pray they would know the impact that they are having on generations. I pray for the wives and the moms. I pray for the future dads and the future moms. I pray, Father, for every one of us in our sphere of influence and the impact. And God, that we'd be people who bring glory to you. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. Thank you, God, that through Christ we can call you Father, Abba, Daddy, and that you hold us close to your heart. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen, amen. After the service, I'll be here. There'll be people on our staff, our pastoral care team. We would love to talk with you, love to pray with you, whatever you're going through in life. And also on the communication card, if you... Want to make a commitment to Christ? You have a decision to make. You can mark that on there as well. But, guys, God brought us here for a reason today. And may we take what God's taught us and live it out. At this time, i am invite our ushers to come forward. It's a chance for us to give back to God, a chance for us to invest in His kingdom and for His glory. If you're a first time guest, all we ask is that you would give us your communication card. We can tell you what God's doing in His church. On the back is a place for prayer requests, so anybody, if you have a prayer request, write that on there, and we can pray with you and pray for you. For all of us who call Rolling Hills home, it's a chance for us to give financially so that lives are impacted, lives both here and around the world. A precious orphan and children in Moldova know that they have a Heavenly Father because of the commitment that you make and people right here today. So Father, thanks for a chance to give back to you, God. Thank you, Father, for all you do in our lives. Thank you for blessing us, for providing for us so extravagantly. And now out of all that we've been blessed, God, we wanna give back. Take what we give today and multiply it and use it, God, for your name and for your glory. It's in the beautiful, precious name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.
1: inside in
2: worship team at hand today. They just did such a great job. <laughs> it's all dads. You notice that? we to go, dads. So it's just awesome to see. Oh, church, what a, what a great day. What a great day. And I'm so thankful for what God's doing. Um, next week, don't miss 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and 7 as we continue our series, The Best is Yet to Come, because it's so true what God's doing in our lives. Also pray this week. We have mission teams serving all over. Uh, we had a team that left yesterday for dc we've got another team leaving tomorrow for kentucky we've got a team leaving friday for moldova and we'll have three teams going there we have another team going to the amazon so it's just amazing over this next month we'll probably have 100 plus people out serving around the world i'm just so thankful for what god's doing and the impact that's being made and you know what i'm thankful for today too it's our heavenly father and i'm thankful too for all the dads that are here and so if you're a dad would you just stand up wherever you are just all over the place we just want to say thank you Great job. Great job. We are proud of you, and we're thankful for you. And uh, here's the way I'd love to close. Stay standing, dads. If you are a spouse or a wife or if you are a son or a daughter or you're a friend and you're sitting around, would you just stand up and place a hand on this dad, this grandfather, or somebody around you? Or if you're a friend and you see a, somebody standing around, would you just kind of walk over, put a hand on them? And we're going to pray right now as we close this service today. Father, thank you. Thank you for these amazing men who are standing right here. And God, I pray a blessing over them. Father, I pray that you would anoint them with your Holy Spirit. I pray you would give them wisdom because the power of life is in their hands and they are impacting generations. And so Lord, hold them close to your heart. And God, I thank you for every person in this room today, God. And I would pray that we would be men and women after your heart, that we'd be people who love you and bring glory to you all the days of our life. Thank you, God. Thank you to a heavenly Father who sings over us. And now send us out as people who are redeemed to live it out, Father. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Have a great, great week. Thanks for being here. Happy Father's Day.
1: And now, the day.